stocks are bouncing back in the US. There is some optimism after last week that obviously was a week of melancholy madness. So why the hope this week? Well, US CPI is out this week. Maybe it's going to show a good strong fall, but then that wouldn't explain why yields are rising, which is what they're doing today. But hawkish central bank speakers would do that. And uh, we had some of that overnight just to dampen the enthusiasm. And they wonder why they don't get invited to parties. It's Tuesday, the 8th of August, 2023. It's the morning call from NAB. Good morning. Although hawkish Fed speakers hasn't dampened the share markets at all, U.S. equities are back on the rise, picking up a bit more towards the close as well. Growth stocks doing particularly well, although it's fairly broad-based, up 1.2% for the Dow today, 0.9% for the S&P 500, and 0.6% for the Nasdaq. The Russell 2000, though, just in the green, having spent most of the session in the red, and not a pretty picture for Europe either, where the FTSE 100 closed down just 0.1%, the DAX just in the red as well. Not much movement in the U.S. dollar on the DXY, but it is up half a percent on the Japanese yen, but we've also seen a 0.3% gain in the pound, but not much movement in the euro or the Aussie dollar. More moves in bonds. 10-year treasuries are up five basis points to 4.08%, actually reaching 4.12% during the session. But of course, it got to around 4.18% last week, so it's just building its way back to where it was, really. Same deal for UK 10-year gilts, up eight basis points today, up to 4.45%, not far from the high that we saw last week. Aussie 10-year Futures are at 4.08% this morning and oil down today, a 0.9% drop in Brent and WTI. So uh, Sky Masters is with me today from NAB in Sydney. So a bit more risk appetite, stocks up in the US. Of course, as I say, after a pretty bad week and bond yields higher, curves uh, re-steepening, two years down a bit, 10 years up. Uh, so, I mean, I could ask you what's driving markets today, but I think I think I possibly know the answer is, and that is not much, because there's not real data, is there, around for, for markets to get their teeth into. So uh, just a bit of idle speculation, perhaps. Good morning, Phil. Yes, really nothing of, of note um, being released in terms of economic data overnight um, to, to drive markets. And I think for markets to start the week, it's a bit of a, you know, consolidation following the the big moves that we saw we saw last week and then the response to um US payrolls on Friday night if you look at intraday moves in in bond yields overnight you saw um a bit of a, an extension of the sell off that we'd seen in the Asian session at the open of the European session um and that in part was on the back of um some hawkish fed commentary that we can talk about um so yields sort of started to sell off through the Asian session and continued through into the European session. And so you've seen um, gilts and bonds close higher in yield. But what we saw post the European session close is that treasuries have actually rallied back. Um, so you've got sort of 10 years pretty much doing nothing overnight. Um, and you've got the front end of the US curve actually lower in yield. So your US two years are down five basis points. And I guess if you're ever in any doubt as to what's driving yields and you can't see any data to support it, then you just look and see what Fed speakers are saying. But, you know, we had mixed messages, didn't we? Because Williams on one side, uh, perhaps sounding a little bit more dovish than Michelle Bowman, because she was saying in her words that additional increases will likely be needed, additional increases. So that implies there's uh, more than the, the one that we are expecting. Yes, and and we know, you know, there is that risk that the Fed um, isn't isn't done. Um, you know, their, their dot plots still point to to one more rate hike. So, yeah, she was out there, as you say. She said, you know, she expects additional additional increases will likely be needed. So increases rather than an increase, um, and and so that sort of 
following the rally that we saw in Treasury Yields post um, the payrolls report, I guess that saw a little bit that the markets start to take some of that rally back. But then overnight, we've had um, an interview from um, New York Fed President John Williams released. Um, and while he he's noted that um, rates need to remain restrictive for some time, um, and, you know, that's that's something that I guess I've been talking about a lot with you on this podcast, that, you know, expectations of a, of a quick shift in in Fed the Fed stance that the market's pricing isn't you know the data's not really supporting that move and Fed commentary isn't either um but he went further and he did recognize that you know if inflation keeps falling um then the central bank may need to lower interest rates in 2025 sorry 2024 or 2025 to ensure that real interest rates don't rise further um, so he, he, he was just supporting in that view that, well, you know, yes, we are going to have to cut rates at some point. Um, so yeah, maybe, maybe that brought a bit of a bid back to treasuries. It's probably stretching a little bit in saying that, but <laughs> that's about the only thing I can see out there that caused a right, bit of but a. But what about also this week? We're getting uh, bond, quite a few bond auctions this week. And of course, we've got this one trillion dollars being uh, uh, borrowed by the government. So we're going to see more bonds issued. So how is the market going to adjust to that? And, and are we going to see any volatility in yields with those auctions happening this week? Yeah, so we we could well see a bit of volatility. I mean, you know, that was one of the um, drivers of the push higher in in yields, and particularly in the longer end of the curve last week, um, on on that sort of announcement of of an extra you know large amount of issuance to come out of the the U.S. Treasury. So you know, they will be closely watched this week. Um, you know, particularly you know we'll be looking at the auction stats to see how strong or weak they are. So yeah, if you see good good bidding at those at those auctions, um, then that maybe that sort of tempers the the recent sell off in in longer dated yields. Does it cause a strong rally? I don't think so. Um, but uh, you know, if if the auctions are soft, then um, yeah, you could well see yields longer dated yields ticking ticking higher. And a further steepening in, in, um, in the US curve and on, on the US curve overnight, given that price action that I mentioned, you have seen a further significant steepening in the US two year, 10 year curve. So on my numbers, the curve has steepened another six basis points and it's broken back above minus 70. So it's currently sitting at minus 68. Um, so yeah, you've seen a significant steepening in that, in that curve over the last month. Recall it was sort of, you know, down at minus 110 um, only a few weeks back. So uh, numbers out this morning as well from the US, uh, consumer credit up from 7.2 billion uh, in May to 17.8 billion in June, which is quite a bit more than expected. So that means more money in the economy. It means people are spending more. Uh, well, they're borrowing more. You assume you borrow to spend. So that's got to be a sign of confidence and uh, and the soft landing. But less money for the government, perhaps. There is this fear that there could be a US government shutdown at the end of the fiscal year on the uh, 30th of September. I'm not quite sure what this means. It's not the same as a debt default, uh, but presumably it means there's less money being spent by the government, uh, which, we, you know, is sort of kind of blowing out, isn't it? Uh, so perhaps this is the Republicans trying to, to rein it in. So this is a factor the Fed might consider because it's apparently it's happened before, before. Basically, it does reduce Treasury yields. Of course, this could be very different circumstances this week. Or is it just a storm in a teacup? I mean, it's in the news a bit this morning. 
Yeah, I mean, I think in a, in a session which has lacked any other news, this, these news reports <laughs> on shutdowns seem to be attracting some some attention. So, I think yeah, what mm-hmm. you're seeing is the Congress is on an extended um, August recess. Um, but that's happened at a time where conflicts on spending and social issues haven't been resolved. Um, and so what this has done is it started to raise concern amongst some analysts of a potential US shutdown come the end of, um, the end of September. It could make decision making for the Fed a little bit harder. So you start to see, um, delays in some, um, economic data releases. And that's what you saw back in the 2018-19 shutdown. Um, but since the early nineties, I think there's, there have been four, four shutdowns. Um, so, so they, they have mm. happened. Yeah, they have happened and they may happen again. Although, you know, it's a bit of a way off, isn't it? And I just wonder whether, you know, people are talking about it today because there's not a lot else to talk about. All, all I, all I would say at the moment is I think this is just a bit of, you know, speculation and, and just creating a bit of, bit of noise. It's not, it's not really going to. If, if it does happen, it's not going to happen until it's the a way end away. Of, exactly, end of it's, creating, it's creating so a noise. We've got a lot, noise on a day where there's not a there's lot, a lot happening, to, isn't it? Really, that is fair to say. Well, and there's a lot to happen between now and then in yeah. terms of the economic data, and that's really what's going to drive including, drive bonds. Yeah, including of course CPI this week and uh, producer prices as well at the end of the week as well. So I mean, we really are in a bit of a holding pattern. I mean, there's a bit of jockeying for position ahead of that, I guess. Yes, yes. I mean, that you know, that's that's the next big. Um, big indicator that, that we're all, we're all waiting so, for. So, uh, in the UK, Hugh Peel has been talking overnight, chief economist of the Bank of England. Interestingly, he said it's not really wage pressures that's keeping inflation uh, high in the UK. It's the price of imported goods, uh, with food impl- inflation still very high. So it's still going to, only going to fall to 10% later this year. So, I mean, that's sort of saying no quick resolution in the, in the UK uh, for bringing uh, infl- inflation down. Today, uh, in Australia, the NAB business survey, which uh, showed some resilience in June, we don't know what is in it. Of course, we're not allowed to see it till everyone else sees it. But I wonder if we'll see some of that resilience falling away this time, because we did see confidence fall last time. We saw forward orders last time as well. So the, the signs were there that perhaps we can expect a, a softer outlook this time around. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm not sure. As as you Is say, we 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 don't get to see this survey. In We're in the dark, and so you know, could you could see softening. You may see strengthening. I'm not sure, but I think reading um reading some commentary around sort of what our economists are saying. I think that you know there are a couple of key indicators within that survey worth worth watching, um, and they they do note that over this cycle, the survey has given a pretty good read on inflationary pressures. Um, and this latest that the survey that will be released today, the, uh, the survey period captures the rise that we've seen in the minimum award wage, which took effect on July the 1st. So there'll be interest in to see what this survey, um, says in terms of the impact on wage costs, input costs and, and final prices. Um, so that'll be something worth watching. The other thing worth watching will be the capacity capacity utilization series, which has tended to correlate quite well with the unemployment rate. So, you know, as we know, the Aussie unemployment rate remains very low. Um, but what we have started to see in the NAB capacity utilization series is that it has started to ease. Um, so in June, it, it moved back to its lowest level since April 2022. So like, we note that the series remains still well above its historical average, 
but it is starting to shift. Um, so I'll be sort of looking at, at, at that number as well right? in terms of whether we see a further easing in capacity utilisation. Well, for the US, we do get a bit of data ahead of the CPI. We get the, the balance of trade uh, for the US today. We get the NFIB Small Business Optimism Survey as well. Uh, the Japanese slowdown, uh, we get household spending there. That was 4% down year on year in, in May. We'll see what it is for June today. And uh, maybe there'll be some local response to this. The balance of trade uh, data for China uh, will be worth watching, I guess. Yeah, and on that on that um, NFIB Small Business Optimism Report, just, just continuing with the theme of, of labour markets, um, I th- you know, I think what will be interesting to look in that survey is the hiring index. Um, so it has been declining, um, but in the last few months, recent months, it's, it's flattened off. Um, and from my reading, what I'm seeing, it's, it has flattened off at a level that's consistent with private job growth of around about 200k, um, over the next three months. Um, so yeah, that will be interesting to look at. Is, is that index showing that, well, you know, we have seen a, an easing in in US job growth, but is it going to flatline over the coming months, um, or is this index going to point to to a further um, pullback in in US job growth? So while they're not, you know, while you would say the NAB Business Survey and the NFIB US NFIB Small Business Optimism Report, they are market moving um, or typically not market moving reports. They do have a lot of rich data within them to help. Um, you, you formulate your view for for the future, and and that's I've said this to you before, but that's key for markets now. It's 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 formulating. You know where are we going over the next couple of months? You know, are central banks are central banks? You know, just going to hold rates higher for longer, well, or you know, is there? You know, are they going to do what markets are currently pricing? And, and, you know, potentially start to cut later this Well, we're here to delve down on that data and we'll do some of that tomorrow. Uh, good to talk, Sky. Catch you again very soon. Thank you. Thanks, Phil. And that's it. That's your Tuesday morning edition of The Morning Call from NAB. I'm Phil Dobby. I am back again tomorrow morning. I'll see you then. Bye, Nelly. Have a great day.